Welcome to the Life on Purpose podcast. I'm your host, Amy Debrick, and I'm so glad you're here. As you know, purpose gives you confidence, confidence that you know what you're doing and why you're doing it, even if you haven't figured out how to do it yet. Purpose provides certainty that what you're doing does matter. And when you act with purpose, you project strength, authority, and authenticity. Because of that, I am so excited to share season four with you and all the tools, resources, and shared wisdom that will help you build and keep the confidence and self-esteem you need to be brave and also to live the life God has for you. Being confident about our purpose helps us stay in our lane and eliminates comparisons. Now, if you are looking for some one-on-one coaching to help break down self-doubt and rebuild your self-esteem, be sure to schedule a free discovery call with me today. You can access that link on my website at amydebrick.com. But for now, let's get started. Well, good morning, everyone, to the Life on Purpose podcast. This morning, I am talking with a new friend, which I'm so excited, Christine Brown. So welcome, Christine. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for inviting me to be a guest on the Life on Purpose podcast. I'm happy to be here. Well, I think this is going to be a great conversation. We were talking just a little bit before I even hit the record button, and we have so many similarities with our ministry work, um, mainly um, overcoming fear and anxiety. But before we really dive into all of that, I would love for you to just share a little bit um, of your background and how you ended up here. Sure. I, well, I like to refer to myself as a former chronic worrier, but we will get to that in a little bit. I am a mom, a stepmom, and a Mimi. I am a former junior high English teacher turned stay at home writer and um, online ministry entrepreneur. We sometimes like to say because being an author also involves, you know, many different aspects of that. But back a few years ago, I decided to make the transition from my career in the classroom, which I, I miss so much, but I just knew that with my children being um, out of the nest and all of those things, that it was time for me to make an adjustment. And I wasn't sure exactly why uh, that timing was, but uh, God showed me that it was something that I needed to do and I needed to have that free time, which he um, revealed to me later was because I was about to head into a battle and I would need that um, time with him and time at home to be able to uh, come to terms with that and see how he was going to use that struggle as part of his bigger plan for my life. Mm. Isn't that always the way? It's like, we can't see it at the time, but then in hindsight, it's like, okay, this is why God has me here. And so I always find stories like that, um, encouraging because that was a part of my story. And I think it's a lot of, a part of a lot of people's stories. And it just is a great reminder that we're not alone. And so when you are in that season and you're still waiting and maybe you haven't been, it hasn't been revealed yet there will be a reveal. It's just a matter of time, but in being patient and trusting, which is, we're going to talk a lot about today, that trust piece. And, um, I, I can relate to you. Um, Christine, I I was a former warrior myself. Uh, So that is a a category in and of itself (laughs) for certain individuals. And, um, I think a lot of it when I was younger had to do with what I call having a more immature faith. Um, which was just not really understanding, taking my faith to that next level of 
really knowing what that personal relationship was with Christ, trusting him instead of relying um, on my own understanding. And so, you know, fear is, is real. It's a real emotion. It's, it can be debilitating. I know it was in my life. And so I would love for you to um, kind of elaborate a little bit on your story and how that kind of unfolded, because I know the topic, you know, that we're kind of talking about today is how to trust God with the outcome. And as you know, um, that's not an easy feat. It's very difficult, especially if you are somebody wired in that worrier type personality. But um, so share a little bit about your story and how that really kind of all came full circle for you. That's absolutely true. And if you are a go-getter girl like, like myself, it's easy to overanalyze and, and overanalyzing. There are definitely good aspects to that. And as a young mom, I think I, I battled daily with um, the enemy of my own imagination mm -hmm. and my go-to resource was my, the worst case scenario. I would automatically think of, think of the worst thing that could happen in any situation. And, sh you know, certainly we need to use wisdom and we need to think through things when we're making decisions, especially when it comes to our families, our health, uh, difficult things that we may be going through. But I didn't realize what an effect that was having on my life. And that is part of that chronic worry syndrome. So my husband and I were going through a particularly difficult time. I hadn't realized until this moment, how much time I had spent focusing on the outcome of my situations that I was completely fixating on those things. And I was just feeling debilitated if, you know, to, to really use a word that would reflect how I felt physically. Um, I felt down. I felt discouraged. I would go into church. I would go through the same pattern week after week and couldn't figure out what it was that was causing me to be so down and so to just feel so physically spent. Right. And I realized this one Sunday when I walked into church, a pastor friend of mine, my husband is a pastor as well. And at this time we weren't currently pastoring and ministering. We were in between churches and a pastor friend of mine said to me, he said, you know, God's got this right. And that simple phrase from a friend just stopped me in my tracks because I should know, right. so, you know, I thought someone like me, well, surely, you know, we're in ministry. I should know that God's got this handled but why can't I get past this? And I realized the truth was that, no, I didn't know that God had it handled and I couldn't figure out how to move to that next step. And that's what told me that there was something more, there was something deeper. I needed to get to the root of the problem and figure out how to live out that level of trust that I claimed to know as a woman of God, as a woman of faith. Right. Well, and what I love that you're saying, and, and I, the more times I hear this, I feel like it is so helpful because I was the same way. I was somebody who always identified as a believer. I never wavered in my faith through stuff that I had gone through. And even when I was in the midst of severe anxiety, it was never a faith issue, but it was certainly a trust issue. And really, like you said, making the connection between 
having faith, but not really living it because we're not really trusting in the one who is, has this covered. We're still trying to micromanage the situation. And I think too, and you would probably agree because you sound very similar to my personality. And I think a personality of a lot of women and moms is that when you are someone who identifies as a capable person and is used to managing many things, it's hard to let certain things go and fear and anxiety and all of that being one of them. You, I wanted to be able to get a handle on it myself. I wanted to be able to figure out, okay, what, why can't I just get over this? Why am I, and I, I, and I totally can relate to what you're saying with the overthinking. I mean, I could go from zero to a hundred in two seconds of worst case scenario, you know, uh, of something that could be the most minor thing, but like all of a sudden it's like, uh, there's a little irritated uh, rash or something. And all of a sudden it could be skin cancer. I mean, that's a real thing. Those are real moments. Um, I, I understand that I've lived it, but it, there is that disjunct. And I think it's, it's always that one. And I'm grateful for you. It was that one person to, to, to say that where it actually was like, wait a minute, here's the sign from God, the signal to say, there's a disjunct here and I need to make a connect that I can't be proclaiming my faith if I'm not really living it because I'm not really trusting. And so, um, I think that that is just really interesting. And, um, and again, I think that brings a lot of hope. I, I, I assuming to people listening today that this is real stuff that, that happens. And so how did that pursue outside of that conversation? What were the steps that you, took or, um, cause I, I, I'm a firm believer in that. I always say the first step with fear is, you know, fear is normal. I say, but courage gets the final say, but we do need to get to the root of that fear. So what did that process actually look like for you? Absolutely. And my personality is that when I figure out the problem, when I feel like I have that aha moment, you know, we have that moment where we say, Oh, this is it. Then I can just go full speed ahead. And I need to do that. Like you've described step back and I need to rest in that. I need to, I need to take it to the Lord and sit in it for a little while and figure out how to work through this and allow God to work in me. So when I realized that I was struggling with trusting God, I wasn't really putting my trust in him. That was the root of the problem. And I thought I had it all figured out. And within just a couple of weeks of that time, my husband and I went on a vacation and on our way back from vacation, I was having this excruciating pain. And here we go again with the worst case scenario. Well, I really thought, okay, I'm not going to think what's the worst thing that can happen. I will go to the doctor because my husband always tells me you need to go to the doctor. And I get a little stubborn with that sometimes, but something happened that we didn't expect. And we came face to face with a battle with cancer. Mm -hmm. And I realized at that moment, I'm here, I'm in my worst case scenario. Mm -hmm. I didn't expect to hear these words. And so I battled with that, you know, how could this happen at this time, just as I'm figuring out the answer, just as I'm figuring out, I need to trust the Lord. And it was as if God was telling me, you are, you are going to walk through this 
and learn to live how to trust me more through this. And I felt an assurance in his faithfulness for once, instead of putting my assurance in what the possible outcome mm-hmm. could be, because cancer can bring in a ton of what if questions. There's just so much you think about what type of treatment do I need? What's going to be the outcome of this? Am I going to survive this? What's going to happen to my family? And so I had to learn how to work through the worst case scenario, still trusting God because bad things do happen. And if we can learn how to trust him, he will fill us with the joy and the peace that we need to be able to make it through Romans 15 and 13 says that he will fill us with joy and peace because we trust in him. And then we can live with an overflow of confident hope. And I'm I'm paraphrasing that verse, but it's true in that we need that, but it comes from learning to trust him through whether it's life's most difficult things or just the daily demands, like you mentioned of being a mom and, and being the kind of woman who's used to having control and being able to balance all the things. Mm -hmm. So that sent me on a journey to discover what I needed to do to get unstuck and really live like I trusted God. And it took me to the story of a woman named Rahab in scripture. And I spent a few years studying her story and finding some inspiration there that helped me to be able to move to that next level of trust in my spiritual walk with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, gosh, um, Christine, I can relate on so many levels. That was my turning point was a cancer diagnosis. And, um, and so I feel like that it is, it is so interesting, isn't it? Because when you are somebody who, um, suffers with anxiety and overwhelming fear, you almost don't realize the burden it has become in your life. You do to an extent, but then you don't. And so when I had that moment of my cancer diagnosis, um, it was that invitation, even though I know God had sent up, uh, sent me a million signs and signals before that, but I think he allowed it because I wasn't catching on. I always say I was a little slow to the game of noticing. Um, and that was my own distractions, right? That was the distraction of fear. Um, I was never having my eyes on him. I was always having my eyes on the, what if in worst case scenarios, like you're explaining. And so, um, there is nothing like being faced with your worst case scenario. And in that moment, that was the invitation that I finally, not only recognized, because I think that's one step, but also accepted. And so um, similar to you, I accepted that invitation to surrender it all to him and then um, make that a daily practice um, every day after that. Because like you said, I think it's I think it's common and I think it's normal for everybody to know and, and, and it's an easier thing to believe and trust when it's not you, when it, when the bad things aren't happening to you, but it's another, when it is you and when you are faced with that. And for me, it was a, it was a moment where I was at a crossroads and I, and I needed to make that choice for myself. And, um, but I also always say, and I would love to hear, um, if this is the same for you, I have made that a daily practice. It wasn't a one and done. And I think, you know, you're never totally 
the wires don't totally disconnect if you are a little bit more of a controlled freak personality. Um, and so it's something that even though the burden I felt like was immediately, uh, it was a freeing experience. I, I can't really describe it. Um, but knowing my personality, it is something that I have to surrender, um, every day, uh, not knowing what the day is going to entail and what I may face. And so now it has become more second nature. That was been 11 years for me. I don't know how many years for you, but explain, or if you can share a little bit about, um, how that ended up once you were able to do that and make that connection of trust and letting go how that has actually unfolded in your life till now. Yes, it's been about three and a half years now for me. And absolutely, I agree with you 100% that it is a daily renewal. And to illustrate, one of the things that I like to do is focus on, of course, God's truth instead of the possible outcomes, which is, it does seem to be a moment by moment sometimes thing, because our mind can take us to places when we're not fully paying attention. When we're in those moments where maybe we're not completely aware, morning is a time for me when I've realized that when I first wake up before I even open my eyes, get my cup of coffee, open my favorite Bible app or whatever that is in those in-between moments that I find myself vulnerable to doubt and worry and those thoughts to creep in. So there was a, there was a time when I was first going into uh, my battle with cancer that I was going in for an MRI test. And those listeners who've had one of those before, or have a loved one who's had one know that it sometimes involves going into a small tunnel. Mm. And um, that was of course the first for many, for me and uh, tests become a regular thing. But at the, at the time when I was getting ready to go into this small tunnel, the nurse asked, do you have a fear of confined spaces? Mm -hmm. And I hadn't thought about it before, but just saying that her saying that just hearing it started, you know, a little bit of, I started feeling a little bit of anxiety and panic coming in. I'd never thought about it before. So as I was ushered into the tube for this test, I just started talking to Jesus. And I said, it, the first thing that popped into my mind, Jesus, no one else is going to fit in this tube besides you and me. <laughs> so <laughs> we're just going to make the best of it. And then instantly I just imagined him in the tube with me. So for me, creating an image based on God's truth, rather than using my imagination to carry me down a dangerous path, helped me to stay focused on that truth. So sometimes, you know, those scriptures that we've read so many times won't instantly come back to us in that moment, but I did feel little bits and pieces of the word that I had placed in my heart, you know, peace be with you, my peace. I leave with you. I do not give as the world gives little, little things that Jesus said in his word. And I might not have been able to pull out every every word of every verse, but I knew enough to know in that moment that he was there. And that was the truth that I could hold on to in that moment. So that's one thing that I would say that has worked for me that I use with that daily renewal that you're talking about is to create an image in our mind that helps us to focus on God's truth for us rather than imagining the worst possible thing that could happen. Yeah. That's so interesting. So Christine, yours was morning. Mine was evening when those, uh, 
one might, the doubt and, and fear would set in. Um, but, but what's similar, so we had different time of days, but I also found the imagery extremely powerful. And so in those times of doubts or fear, I would do the same thing. I would um, take a piece of scripture. Normally for me, it was with Peter walking on the water and I would be Peter and I would be, you know, the one looking for the outstretched arm of, you know, having him help me um, on the scary with all the waves and, and just, and so there is something so powerful. You're the first person that I've ever actually heard say that. And normally I don't even share that because it's such a private thing that I, I just kind of just do on my own. I don't really, you know, I've never really had to talk about it. It was just something that was kind of like, that has always been helpful for me. And so I love hearing somebody else say that. And I, and now that you're saying that, I think, gosh, maybe I should share that more because that is really has been extremely helpful for me in those times to have that image. And I'm um, knowing that he's in putting myself with him in a, a position where he's right alongside me. And I think the more we can do that, like you said, it replaces the image of all the other things that easily, easily flood our, our brains and our minds and all of that, especially in those moments. And, um, I, I, I agree with you. I know firsthand those, those tubes, um, all too well. And, uh, and I am claustrophobic. And so that was always a struggle for me. And so I, I'm sure that somebody listening today has either experienced that as well, or maybe unfortunately is, is, you know, their next step is maybe having to experience that. And so I appreciate you sharing that. Cause I think it's, it's really important for, you know, we hear certain things, right. Pray, um, you know, there's always like go-to things, but sometimes there has to be different things for different scenarios. And, um, and I love that you kind of said that because, you know, this is a, a one that worked for you in treatment. It worked for me as well. And we rarely talk about nitty gritty stuff with that, but I think it's really important and maybe under talked about because we talk about more of the blanket, you know, these are steps, but here's a step specific to when I was actually in treatment and um, having some anxious moments, just getting my routine MRI scan. And so, um, or PET scan is what I had. Um, and so I'm sure that's similar to you, but I think that that's really powerful. The more we have these conversations and, um, I know you do also before we wrap this conversation up, have a free PDF that you, um, are going to share, uh, with listeners. I think it's the hundred of God's promises for your unraveled heart. Um, and so can you just share a little bit about that? Yes. And that actually came from another moment that, uh, similar to what we had spoken about before, there was a time when I, uh, was having so much worry over a certain situation that was happening in our family. And this was a, a middle of the night thing. And I'm usually not up in the middle of the night. So that's, you know, when I knew that it really had taken its toll on me that I was pacing through and I needed what I like to call a right now promise from God, mm -hmm. because like you said before, when we're right in the midst of something difficult, we may not see that God is working, even though we know he's working because we've read it in the word and we believe it. We may not feel it at that moment. And also quite honestly, we might not want to hear it. 
I mean, I, you know, if I'm going through something difficult, I really don't know that I want to hear someone say, God has a plan for all this because I'm not in the right frame of mind to receive that, even though it is the truth. Right. Um, what I need is something else. I need a, a promise from God that is going to speak peace into my moment. And that's where I was. And I couldn't think of where to turn in the Bible. And I remembered a book that a friend had written that was on my bookshelf and there was a certain chapter and it just popped into my mind. Like I could get a picture of it and maybe it comes from being a visual learner. Like we talked about creating those images. I could almost see the chapter that I had read. And so I flipped to her book and found a promise for times when you felt like you were in the dark and it was a verse that I needed. And I believe it was some it was yay though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, which is a familiar verse. But I was in such a tizzy, uh, you know, for lack yeah. of a better word, or, you know, starting to get in a panic. I won't call it a, you know, full blown panic attack because I know those are, you know, very real. And those that, you know, suffer from panic attacks, I feel for them deeply because it's a, it's a difficult thing to overcome. But, I was felt like I was getting to a place of no return. So going to that spot, I realized people need a place to go to. Mm -hmm. And so I started recording my favorite promises from God's word when my heart gets unraveled. Mm -hmm. And that's where this list came from. Now, I want listeners to know that the same list is actually in the back of my book that I wrote, Cinched. And in the back of the book, the verses are actually written out and they're categorized so that if you're looking for something to help with worry mm-hmm. or something to help with discouragement, you can go look for a verse that is specific to that certain need. But the free PDF download that I offer to my subscribers has it as almost like a checklist. So mm-hmm. it has 100 of God's promises that are verses that, you know, honestly, I didn't just Google, I lived out (laughs) these verses. There's something that meant something to me at a certain time in my life. And I wanted to share that from my heart to others and hope that it helps someone else too. So, um, yes, that is available on my website to, to subscribers. That's, that's great. And I love that they're categorized because sometimes, and, and, and I know you can relate and I know the, the woman listening that struggles with anxiety can relate when you are in an anxious state, it's so hard to focus on anything else. I mean, when I was at my worst, it would take me all day to complete just basic tasks in my home. And I'm somebody who doesn't really, you know, I kind of pride myself and being able to, you know, take care of my house and multitask many things. But at that time in my life, it would be a huge feat for me to make my bed and like clean the kitchen. It would just just take all day because my mind was so distracted. So when somebody is in that moment and having a resource like this, that categorizes things for you is just such a, it sounds insignificant probably to somebody that doesn't understand what that's like, but for the person who does, it's such a huge thing. It it seemed very helpful to me because I wanted to have the more places we have that we can have a go-to resource that we can go right to something without, like you said, having to think a lot about it and find a word of hope to help us through, then we can get into that practice of our daily taking these steps, these things that we learn that work for us. And, um, you know, 
put those into practice every day, we will start to see a change. And then the next time we're faced with something, we see that we've made steps of progress and can um, rejoice in that, that God has worked that in us and through us, and that we're coming to a place of being able to trust him with everything from, you know, life's daily decisions to our most difficult, difficult situations. Yeah. Well, I think it's great, Christine, and I love this ministry work that you're doing. And I want the listeners to be able to um, know, you know, hear more about what you have going on and coming up. And in addition to your book and this resource, um, so how can they connect with you from after this interview is over? Sure. Uh, the best place to connect with me is at my website. It's christinebrown.net. And that's Christine with a K. I always like to throw that in there. I know there's many different <laughs> ways to spell it. And there they can find free resources. I have several resources that are email Bible studies about women in scripture. And there's one called Walking with Rahab, a five-day challenge to better decision-making. And it's kind of a precursor to my latest book that you mentioned, which is called Cinched, Living with Unwavering Trust in an Unfailing God. And the book is about how I learned through the story of Rahab, how to trust God more. So they can find those resources there. And like you said before, download their uh, free PDF and also receive weekly devotionals if they're interested via email. Mm, I love that. Well, thank you so much, Christine. It was so fun talking to you. I, I love all the um, honest and just vulnerability, but wisdom that you poured out because I, I know that there's somebody listening today that really needed to hear this. So I really appreciate you being on. Thank you, Amy. Thank you so much for having me. Well, friend, that's it for me today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, please consider rating, reviewing, or subscribing to the Life on Purpose podcast so I can continue spreading encouragement and confidence. And if you haven't already, I would love if you would grab a copy of our book, Embolden. Embolden is an encouragement journal that I co-wrote with my oldest daughter, and its purpose is to meet women where they are today, but to not leave them there. So until next time, keep living your life on purpose and God bless.